0: That God blesses us in this lesson. Um, just, just excited about today's service and looking forward to kick off a, a new year with new expectations and new things. And so, um, I do want to open my text. Uh, read my opening text. It is in Deuteronomy chapter 22 and verse 8. I'll let you know that a little nasally. I'm, I'm coming on the back end. I, I was sick in the beginning of this week, kind of deal, and coming out of it. And so, uh, if you want to stay away from me, that's okay uh but uh i apologize for my my lack of um voice a little bit but Deuteronomy chapter 22 and verse 8 reads this, When thou buildest a new house, then thou shalt make a battlement for thy roof, that thou bring not blood upon thine house, if any man fall from thence. It's an interesting text. We're going to talk about that a little bit deeper, but my focus today is in this title, New House, New Safeguards. New house, new safeguards, and, um, i want to pray for this, this lesson right now. Let's just bow our heads together. Dear God, thank you. Thank you for this time we have together. I'm grateful, Lord, for your faithfulness to us, Lord. You kept us. You, your grace has hovered over us. You've brought us here at this appointed time, God. I thank you, Lord, for who you are and what you're doing. I pray right now, let your word speak to our lives and our hearts and our minds. Strengthen me, your teacher, today. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you all honor this morning. And in your name, we pray in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Clap your hands into the Lord just one more time. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. High five somebody before you're seated. Praise God. I am a I'm looking forward to our, our our guest evangelist we have today, uh, Brother Aaron Foster. He's going to uh, be preaching in our 11 o'clock, and, and uh, some of you may know if you're familiar with South Carolina, uh, the district in South Carolina. Aaron's no stranger, and so we're excited to have him preach for us today, but he's also uh, uh, going to go to Israel in April is the plan, um, if they let him in. Uh, there's a lot of uh, rules and regulations that... Uh, our missionaries are having to jump through with new strains of different illnesses always coming out new new things they want you to do and so uh, they they kind of locked down Israel again when the Omicron I believe was um, something that they're, uh, uh, focused on. So, uh, he was supposed to be there by now, I think going, uh, at the end of last year. And, uh, <clears throat> so we're excited to have him here. We want to bless him as a missionary as he's going, he's going to Israel. And so I, I want to bless him and by blessing him, I'm blessing Israel. And I want to be a blessing and connected to Israel. I hope you understand that that is so important for the body of Christ to still stay connected to the people of God. And so uh, I'm excited to hear from him, and and uh, we'll get into that that service. But I, I want to just really talk about how many of you've ever said New Year, New Me. You start that, or how many have already started a New Year's resolution? Anybody kicked off with with something brand new? Is let me ask you this: Is anyone's New Year resolution the same resolution from last year? Let's be honest. Come on. <laughs> You know every every new year we we all have this moment where we're just like man okay let's let's dust our, our shoes off let's start over again let's try to build something new and I think that's good I, I don't want us to not enjoy that part obviously let's be honest the more you grow up the more you're an adult you don't get new different bills do you the same bills that you had in 12 thirty one follow you into one one right you are getting the Same problems a little bit attached to you, and those things follow you through life. But we have a way of looking at things, and I want us to change the way we do look at things. When building a new house, you get to pick out new fixtures. You get to have a say on the layout of things, and you get to have a, a, a choice on how the, the ambiance of the room, the lighting, the, the way the, the door is hung, and how it's placed, and where it's placed. And the same is spiritually. When you decide to renew and build a new temple, a new house for God, I want you to understand you have a say in how things go. You have a say on how you're going to start things. You're, you have a say on what you're making room for and what you're not making room for. I, I, I tease my wife. That the day we win some kind of glorious, I find the, the lottery ticket on the floor that someone scratched, and they won all the money, and they said, I don't want it, and they threw it away, and I just happened to be picking up trash around the church, and I happened to pick up this, this littered uh, lottery ticket, and I happened to glance at it, and I realizes it's the winning one somehow. I don't know how that's going to happen. But let's just say I did. And I tell my wife, if I were to build my house, I tell her all the time, our master bedroom would have two bathrooms in it. I said, that's it. You're getting your own bathroom and I'm getting my own bathroom. Like I'm tired of waiting and waiting for you to get done in there and I'm tired of what's going on. I, I'm gonna have my own separate space and I'm gonna have two of everything is kind of what my my mindset is. And and I want you to kind of understand that we all have dreams and we look at those things and we, we think to ourselves, man, if I, if I truly had a say, I would do it this way, but I want us to really start thinking that way. Way spiritually this year if i really do have a say what do i want to make room for what do i what spiritual things do i want in my life what powerful things i hope you're understanding me this morning i hope we're excited to get spiritual in 2022 that's not the theme by the way i'm not going to label a theme but i i hope you have a hunger and a desire to be used by the spirit and allow the spirit use you so we see here this layout it's the same it's the same way with our spiritual house first corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwelleth in you? Paul is writing to us that we have a space. We are built for a purpose. We are that temple, that house. And he even goes further and makes a stronger point in the next verse. He says, if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy Holy, which temple ye are, so we are mandated to be holy. We are we're, we are called to be holy, and that word holy is 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 something we're going to talk more about this year, and I'm excited about it. But I, I hope we understand when we hear that word holy. I was having a conversation with our evangelist last night as we were sharing and um, some some food together, and I was telling talking to him about. Wanting to move forward with holiness And and, uh, schedule some things And focus on some things Sometimes when we hear that word holy All of a sudden we get a little itchy we re- get a little bit of a rash spiritually. We're just like, ah, what's he going to say? What, what, wh- wh- holiness usually means I have to give up something. And there's some truth to that. But there is also the flip side of holiness, which is what you get because you're holy. Right. And we have to focus on holiness in a different light. Holiness is not punishment. Yeah. Holiness is where we gain victory. Holiness is where we gain power and might and strength and relationship with God on another level. And I don't know about you. I'm not here to maintain. I'm here to take over. here just to be a part. I'm, I'm here to change things in my life. And so we see here that, he, you know, Jesus took a very literal approach when it came to the, the house of God and the reverence in the house of God. Look at John chapter two, verse 13. And the Jews Passover was at hand and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and he found in the temple, those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting and when he had made a scourge of small cords that that's a very short little part in this group of of sentences that's very that's very powerful jesus was so upset and frustrated think about this he went and procured for some leather strips I got to go find some. I don't know if he had them around with him. I don't know if he went to the the general dollar store and he went down the shoelace aisle. And I don't know exactly how he did it. But we know that he did it. He put together this. I could just see him sitting in a corner, licking his fingers and fashioning this whip and just making it tighter and tighter and just getting it together. Then when he finally gets it together, he goes right back. Let's read what he does. And he drove them out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changer's money and overthrew the tables and said said to them that sold doves take these things hence make not my father's house a house of merchandise and his disciples remembered that it was written the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up they they witness the zealousness found in christ for the for the temple for the house of god And I want you to get a a little taste of that zeal this morning. I hope you are just as excited and zealous to manage and build your temple today and and change some things in your life. It's time to overthrow some tables in our hearts. It's time to fashion some things and whip it out of our our minds and our lives and our understandings and, and things that we're addicted to. It's time to kick those things out. We can't keep going on uh, and expecting God to change things in our life if we're going to maintain 2021 promises and 2021 convictions and 2021 prayer lives and, and 2021 Bible reading schedules. I, I, it's 2022. I've got new problems. I've got, I've got, a, I've got things I really got to take care of, and I have to change the way I understand how the temple of God works in me. I I need I need to be eaten up with some zeal this morning. I return to my opening text when the people of God desired to build a new house. They were also instructed to add new safeguards. Deuteronomy 22 and 8. When thou buildest a new house, then thou shalt make a battlement for thy roof, and thou bring not blood upon thine house if any man fall from thence. If you understand what that word battlement is, really a guardrail, a fence, a uh, some a thing to keep you from falling over in in that area, it was very custom to build a house floor by floor, but they didn't have peaked roofs like we have here common to our climate. How many of you got rained on coming here today? Thank God for our peaked roofs. See, they didn't get that type of that type of downfall rain. They had flat roofs, and they would use that rooftop as another living space, and, and they had that area set up and uh for, for that purpose. We you know, that's found in scripture in several places. David, how do you think David, do you think David had x-ray vision when he looked at Bathsheba? No. She was out on the rooftop. See, we we see we see through scripture these types of buildings, but here in this, the way we're we're told to build a new house, we're also instructed to make sure we have some safeguards on the top of our rooftops. Why? So that no one falls over and dies. So that no one by accident is up there and trips and falls or leans too far over the edge and and, and dies and the blood upon that house is cursed on that house. And and just no one will look at that house the same. It's, it's, It's familiar to the way we look at houses today. I don't, I'm not going to ask you if you live in one of those neighborhoods where a terrible crime has happened. But you all know, maybe you were a kid growing up in certain houses. You drove by it. You remember that house because of that. The same is the same in Scripture. We see this. God is trying to keep us from something happening to us. We are the new house today. And we need to build. If I could really just make it plain. The warning in this text is simply this. What's the point of building something new if you don't safeguard yourself from death? What's the point of getting in church if you're not going to get rid of some things in your life? What's the point of coming to an altar of repentance over and over again if you don't walk in repentance? Too often people come to God and are excited to build new but don't address safeguards and, the, and, don't, and then they don't address the safeguards they need to build when it comes to building new. If you want something new from God, you have to build new safeguards. Plain and simple. I hope you're with me today. I hope my church is with me today. 2021 is past; it's behind. I am pressing forward, the mark, looking not behind me. I'm excited for what this year is going to bring, but I'm excited to live for God for the day, today. But I have to make sure I put things in place, put things in order. The Book of Psalms really is kicked off by a very wise Psalm, and many believe that. It wasn't David who wrote Psalms 1, but Solomon. And and it's one of my favorite psalms in all the book of Psalms, and we're going to read it right now. But what's so powerful about it is that it's a psalm that draws a dividing line, a fence, if I can say it that way, between two sides. Psalms 1 and 1 says this, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth prosper. That is what you see when you live a godly life. That's what you see when you live a life that you are, is not ungodly. And we see this fence begin to build up by, by the psalmist. He begins to put it up. I can just hear the nails driving into this fence as he's saying the psalm. There's, a, there's a, divi- a division happening, and we see who's next. He goes on, verse 4. Here's the other side. The ungodly are not so but are like the shaft which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in judgment, nor in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. You see this, this contrast between the righteous and the ungodly. And I want, it's still the same today. It's still happening in our lives today. It's happening in your new house. If you don't address some safeguards in your life, if you don't add some fences in your walk today, building material is just astronomical. I had a conversation with a pastor friend of mine in Florida and, um, Uh, Brother Var, Pastor Varnum in Bellevue, and they have um, started the process of clearing the land next to their church. If you know anything about this church, it is a powerful church, awesome church, very nice sized church uh, they 're a, a place where financially, I believe they can do whatever they really wanted to but there, he told me he says honestly, the building costs are so high that what we 're doing first is that we 're preparing the land first we 're just we're, it may be two more years, years, three more years, we're, we're planning that when the next presidential election rolls around, it, it doesn't matter who they vote for, everyone wants to win your vote, so they push down prices. And it's true so he says we're hoping to have the land prepped and ready and then when that 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 voting year comes that election year comes that's the year we're going to jump on on building and being ready and all those things it's true it's 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 a sad deal but it reminds me this that building will cost you building something new always costs you it will absolutely take from your account but are you willing to give from that account Are you willing, is it important to you to invest in yourself and invest in your family, invest in your marriage, invest in your life, invest in your eternity? This is so important that we pay the cost, that we, we see the bill, the purchase order, and we are for what's going to happen. In my garage, and some of you have been to my house and you've seen my garage, it's it's a mixture between Academy Sports and like um, Rehab Center. I have just a bunch of like wood pieces here and sports equipment here and uh, this and that there. But in one corner of my garage I have what I call my recycle center if I could put it that way it is nothing but long pieces of lumber that I've I've acquired from here to there I could be driving down the street and I see a two by four and if you know me I mean two by fours right now they're through the roof I'm like man that's like 10 bucks right there so I'll pull up and throw that in the back of the truck and I'll add it I have I've had Members of our church asked me if they if I wanted some spare stuff. And I'm like, what you got? What kind of stuff you have? And so I will literally take all this stuff and put it in this corner because there are times where something like this past summer, I, I obtained a new grill and I wanted to put this awning over my grill. And so I went to my refurbished, recycled corner and I, I pulled out things and I built this, this ugly thing that, that hangs over my new grill. So if you've been to my house, you know what I'm talking about. But it does the job, okay? I took something old, recycle it, and, and I made something new for myself. And I, I, I think we all have to take that into consideration. That's what we use. That's the materials that we are going to use to build things in our life. We have to recycle some things. London did... Um, is is a perfect example, and I want to talk about London here in World War Two. World War Two probably devastated London harder than than most countries. Uh, World War Two uh, was very damaging to all middle Europe, middle Europe, but especially so with London because London was picking a fight with Germany, and they actually it started off where London um went first and bombed Germany uh in in the war and so Germany being the bigger and badder guy at the time decided to make it a point to bomb London and areas around London uh to a pulp they they just started to really um come together and make an onslaught of that area and do whatever they could to destroy that um that it was basically it started from September nineteen forty all the way through May nineteen forty one of nothing but constant bombing. They called it the Blitz after the Blitzkrieg is what the the formal word is. It means lightning war. And they bombed over and over. And because of that, London, they learned to black out their windows and they learned to live in the underground and they did whatever they could to survive. They began to make uh, cots and and stretchers like anybody else. They took uh, whatever they could to carry the wounded to makeshift hospitals and it got to the point that there was so much uh, damage and the bodies uh, of, of the wounded and the dead began to be so prevalent that their are Cotton cots that they made, the, the stretchers that they made out of out of normal materials just wasn't holding up long enough, and so they put together the steel and the iron workers, and they commissioned them to build these steel. Here's the first picture; you can kind of see it, but um, there's a gentleman in the middle of the screen uh, laying on a stretcher there that's made out of the steel and the iron that they had, and they made hundreds of these these steel. Uh, stretchers. So you could take it to the next photo. You can see a better picture. You can see it there. They begin to make these these particular types of, of very strong, durable stretchers, and you can see as a little hump there, there where they could set it down and get their hands underneath with no problem. And so they they did whatever they could to take care of the issues, the problems they had in their their country. And at the end of the war, they were left with a devastated nation and a devastated London. But they said it's time to build new. It's time to rebuild and move forward and wipe the, 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 the dust off our, our, our feet and start new things. And so they began to build new houses. And when they built new houses... They needed to add new fences. And they decided because they didn't have a lot of materials to use, they recycled the stretchers. If you could put up the next picture, please. There you see a picture today. Those stretchers are all through London as they become now the safeguards found within that city. There they, are many neighborhoods in London and people walk by them all the time, some of them not knowing the history, probably look at those fences and think, that's a silly design. What's what's the point of those little humps there? But I want us to understand in that next picture, you can see a little bit closer that, that you can see how they've stretched across new houses. And I want us to understand that's exactly what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to take the things that, that wounded us, the things that resemble our hurts, our pains, our sorrows, our wounds, and we have to recycle them and turn them and change them to be the safeguards for our new houses. The thing that hurt us in 2021 needs to be the thing now that safeguards us from our fall. It needs to be the building material of our new houses, of our new relationship we have with God. The, the way we interact and connect with the with God Almighty. It, we must not forsake our hurts. We must not forsake our sorrows. We must not forsake the thing that took us took much from us last year. We have to change it, take from it, learn from it, and use it. I I hope you're getting this into your spirit today. I hope you're understanding how important it is because we need to turn our wounds into safeguards. Some of us don't want to dwell on our hurts, our tests, our trials because they cause so much pain and exhaustion. But those very things that stretch us on the stretcher will become the things that will help us from falling in 2022. James 1 and 2 he says, It so perfectly, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this that the trying of your faith, it works what? Patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Do you get that first verse there, that that passage there? You see that James admonishes us to change our trials and twist them and renew them and make it into patience. He goes on in that same chapter in the 12th verse. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. It is part of our reward. It is part of your new house. I hope you know that. Paul writes to the Roman church in 5 and 3, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulations worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. I hope you understand when you're putting together your new house, you have to make some safeguards, but you have to take the materials from your hurt, from your trials, from your tribulations and change them. Because when you do, they become rewarding to you. It, it That's how God works through us through the Holy Ghost. That's the best. I don't know. say it's the best part, but it is one of the best parts about the Holy Ghost. It's about, taking what everyone sees as hurt and pain and sorrow and death, and the Holy Ghost changes it and says, count it all joy. I've given you life and life more abundantly. You're not dead. You are breathing. You are still growing and you're still learning. This is why we have to build. We have to add to our safeguards. I ask you this question as you try to Maybe look at your last year and ponder what my 2021 year looked like. what are some hurts you dealt with? What are some wounds that you still are kind of limping into this year with? And I ask yourself, how can I add this to my new house? How can I add this to my new walk with God? How can I have this thing change me? If you've dealt with with I with, almost just say this, if you've dealt with uh, uh, lust issues right now and you haven't overcame them in 2021, can I just say this? The safeguards you use for 2021 isn't going to work for 2022. You've got to have new safeguards. You've got to add some things. Add some more accountability partners. You know what? Do away with some electronics in your life. Yeah, that's right. Quit fooling yourself and saying, I'm, I'm, I, you know, this life I live, I, it's such a tent. Technology, technology world. I have to be connected. No, you don't. Right, right. You don't have to be that connected. Quit lying to yourself and say you need social media. You don't need social media. Right. We don't need social media. We really don't. I know. T- I know. Oh my God, you're probably thinking I don't know if I can attend this church. <laughs> we use it, right? We've heard. How many of you heard of this? It's a necessary what. Mm-hmm. F- that's the stupidest thing we've ever said right? <laughs> right. I, I, And, and, and I, I, I Let me tell you what, I've I put safeguards in my life for social media. You only see me post about food and fun, that's it. <laughs> food and fun. I, I, I've learned this, that I've not, I've not got fights with people over food and fun. <laughs> but let me tell you what, have I wanted to fight back on social media? Have I wanted to respond to your ridiculousness on social? You heard me right, your ridiculousness <laughs> on social. Yes. But I have, I've built a new house for myself and I've, I've learned from my past by venting before on social media and I've wounded myself because of anger and, and I don't have the temperance and I've learned from that. You know what? God perfect me and I've taken the things that wounded me and I put it up as a safeguard in my life and I said, I'm not going to do it. I will not respond to your anger or your frustration on social media. I'll do what, what, what cowards don't do. It's talk to you to your face. I will address any issue to you directly. You will hear it from my mouth. It's the way it used to be. I know it's crazy. We, if you, you're dealing with, with issues of, of financial issues, set up some safeguards in your life. Disconnect the bank account from the Amazon. dodging, dodging some tomatoes and some. (laughs) Cut up some credit cards, y'all. You you do not need a credit, oh boy. You do not need, we do not need credit cards. About to go Dave Ramsey on you. We, we need to protect ourselves. If you've got a drug addiction, alcohol addiction, don't drive by the ABC. Don't, don't drive down the neighborhood you know that you can talk to your guy. Start deleting some numbers and some blocking some, some names in your life and saying, I, I've, got to, I've been wounded by you in 2021. I'm building a new life with God today, and I'm building a new safeguard and offense in my life. I'm sorry you're not part of my new house. Yeah, good. We've, got, we've got to understand those things that hurt us must be recycled to better us. Paul writes in his second letter to the church in Corinth about a spiritual issue he's unable to completely resolve. This is a a very powerful passage of scripture for me personally. 2 Corinthians 12, and lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was given to me a thorn in my flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this, thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me you get this he prayed about it he prayed about it And he prayed about it. And God said, no, I'm not going to heal you. I'm not going to answer those prayers. But I'm going to give you some revelation here. And this is what was revealed. He said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities than the power of Christ may rest upon me. Get this, verse 10. Therefore, I take pleasures in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. This revelation of the thorn in the flesh, it's that thing that, can I tell you, you ever had uh, something underneath your skin, that splinter? It irritates you. It drives you nuts. It's a problem you scratch at. And I want us to keep scratching at our problems. I want us to keep doing you know, I I've, I have a revelation with you too. I've, I, I've figured it out. We need partners in life. Because they help me scratch the middle of my back. God didn't build you your your anatomy that your arms can rotate in such a way that you can get that spot you beg your spouse to get every day. You need that. You need that help. There are certain things that God's going to allow to be in you, but you have to take that and make it a safeguard. He goes on. I love how Paul... When he seeks god's help and god gives him his this revelation the thorn is his weakness and paul will equate weaknesses as five different things he calls it his infirmities the infirmities is your feebleness your feebleness of mind and body the frailty the disease in your life the sickness in your body That's how I feel right now. I feel an infirmity within me that I wish I could teach us a little stronger. But I feel my infirmities keeping me from being the best I can be. Then he goes on, reproaches. A reproach is a deep insult, an injury, a great harm and hurt. Mostly it is a mental injury you're you're struggling with. And it's an injury that you didn't just do to yourself, but someone did to you. Someone hurt you last year and you're struggling with that. Those are the reproaches that you've got to use. He goes on and says necessities. A necessity is a need. We all have a need. We have a need that's imposed either by a circumstance or by the law of duty. I have, as a father, I have to be there for my kids. I have a duty and I need to provide for my family. Circumstances come to me every day in a mailbox. I'm thinking about moving. Bills bring needs. We see this. He's bringing these things up. These are the thorns in our side. He goes on and says persecutions. Persecutions are discrimination to your walk with God. Discrimination and maltreatment, intimidations and harassments thrusted on you. The last thing he says is distresses for Christ's sake. This is the anguish and the distress you feel for living a holy life separated from the world. The distresses from Christ come in the way that when you want to say, no, I don't want to take the jab because I have a particular feeling spiritually i just don't want to do it and if that's what you want to do well that's awesome i'm not i'm not i'm not here to tell you yes or no i'm telling you this is what distresses for christ's sake looks like it looks it looks like this in certain ways it looks like you know what i can't go hang out with you at the bar after a, after my shift because i'm different you get this distress why because you're doing it for Christ's sake. You know what else that word also means? It means narrowness of room. When I saw that, I thought, wow, ain't that the truth? The more you seclude and live holy for God and separated for God, you begin to change the dimensions in your life. You no longer need space for that other stuff. You don't need the big room anymore. I mean, I'm reminded that narrow is the way, right? There's a certain way we've got to live. We've got to understand some of these things that we we tried to do last year that became thorns in our flesh, things that became wounds in our life. We have to change them into safeguards. Let's all stand this morning. The thing is, Paul took these wounds, these weaknesses, and recycled them by turning them sideways and making them fences and safeguards by understanding that God's grace is sufficient and his strength is made perfect in my weakness. And I, 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 I want to say this, too. It's not in my notes, but some of your safeguards need to be guardrails. I... I I took my kids uh, about a year or two ago to this super amped up go-kart place that was a mistake for taking my kids there because I almost died. I've learned that my kids are just not ready to drive yet. They put us in these, these NASCAR level carts that had like nitrous or something plugged into them. They make you go through this safety course before. I mean, it's, it's, you got to take a class. You got to be certified. Then they put this whole suit on you. This little, I I was having like a, a heart attack, just being in this like confined space and they're locking you down. And I'm thinking, Oh my God, what am I, what did I sign up for? And so they bring us into this warehouse and it's all tracked out. I mean, it's, it's awesome looking. And so I'm like, Oh, I have to settle down. I hear the engines revving and they go. And I, I, I'm following Mercy and Ivy for a little bit. And I'm seeing them. What I'm witnessing them is that they've not got the concept of a steering wheel. They're like, Lord, take the wheel, I guess. I don't know what they're thinking. They just, they just thought all they had to do was mash the gas. They were hitting every guardrail. Just going through the whole process. And I remember getting close to them and saying, you've got to learn to steer. You've got to learn to steer. You've got to, you know, take your foot off the, the gas a little bit and turn into those corners. And they end up getting it the more we did it. But I began to realize, thank God for safeguards. Thank God for those guardrails that even when I choose to destruct myself, it keeps me in in the right lane. We need those things. I'm telling you right now, you want to build a new relationship with God, you need some guardrails in your life. You need things to beat you back into submission, beat you back into a right relationship with God. You need an altar that keeps on refining you, that keeps on keeping you straight. We need these things in our life. I hope you're with me in 2022. Man, I can't, I can't tell you how excited I am to see more of you grow in Christ and to see all of us grow, not just in, in spiritually, but grow numerically and grow in square footage. Can I get an amen with that? <laughs> Some of y'all are just so ready like I am. I'm excited for what God has for me, but we can't build new houses without new safeguards. Let's bow our heads this morning. Dear God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you for your your touch, your covering, your keeping, God. Thank you for your sufficient grace, God. Lord, take our weaknesses, Lord, and God, give us an understanding to our our, our needs, our reproaches, our infirmities, God, our our distresses, God. Uh, Help us uh, to see what we have to do with them and build upon our lives with them and address them, God. God, help us in our marriages and in our, in our family units and our dynamics at home. God, I pray, make a way, Lord, where there is no way. Give us encouragement. Breathe some help into our hearts and our lives. Help us, God grow in you. We keep you, Lord, hallelujah, right to the forefront of our hearts and minds today. I pray, bless the remainder of the service as we focus on you. God, we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. And in your name we pray. Would you shout that name with me? In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands into the Lord one more time. Praise God. If you were encouraged by this message, and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church, or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit EphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part.